0: I want a little uh, flashback to the, be- the beginning of the year. Anyone remember that from the beginning? Carlos' talk on how to listen well to people. Um, well, tonight we're going to talk about listening, but we're going to talk about listening to God. And I don't know if you know this, but parables are meant to help teach us how to listen to God. And surprisingly, parables are not as easy as we think to understand. So, um, So there's a quote up here, I think, about parables. Um, And so we're starting a, a series on parables. All right, so it says this. Parables are more like riddles or puzzles than easy illustrations. They can be understood by those who have the right key. When Jesus used parables, he didn't start by stating a truth. Instead, the parable was like a doorway, Jesus' listeners stood at the doorway and heard him. If they were not interested, they stayed on the outside, but if they were interested, then they could walk through the doorway and think more about the truth behind the parable and what it meant for their life. So tonight, we're gonna talk about my favorite parable uh, the parable of the soils is how I like to talk about it because I think it's more about the soils than in just the sower. Um, and so I think this parable is the key to all of the parables. That's what Jesus actually says in this story. So let me just enter with some prayer. So God, we thank you uh, for your invitation to listen and we pray that tonight, in the midst of all of our busyness and craziness of our lives, that we can just sit for a moment and listen to you. So we pray that we would listen not just with our ears, but our hearts. And God, we give you all the things that we're worried about, and we just come into your presence now. So speak to us. Pray this in your name. Amen. So Jesus started using parables, partly because he was speaking to crowds that were probably even bigger than in this room. So Jesus in Mark four, he actually has been, like the crowds have been growing and growing and growing to the point where they're like caving in on him. That's like, it's that bad. So he actually has to get into a boat in order to tell this parable because people are so crazy. So they're all like, wow, you're doing all these miracles and you're healing and you're doing all this stuff, right? And so, it's at this point that he says, now I'm going to start speaking in parables. And so, as a crowd, much like that one, I invite you to listen to the story as I read it. Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into the good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears ears to hear listen. Okay, so in case we didn't get it, Jesus wants us to listen to something. Now, the question is what? It's kind of a funny story, really, right? Like It's like, oh, that's a nice farming tale, right? And Jesus actually ends at that point with the crowd. He actually doesn't say anything else to them. Some of you know the rest of the story, but he doesn't tell that to most of the folks, So most of the people actually just end right there. And they might be thinking, oh, that was a good story. If you're a good farmer, you'd probably be thinking, what kind of farming is that, right? And then most of them went home for dinner, went on with life as usual. But there were some folks who didn't uh, leave. So I don't know if you know that, but in this story, as you go on, there's actually a small group of people that stay, the 12 disciples and some other folks. So it says this in verse 10. When he was alone, those who were, with, who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look but not perceive, and may indeed listen but not understand, so that they may not, be, they may not turn again and be forgiven." Uh, so Jesus says, you guys, you've got the secret. And it's like, what? So I remember studying this passage in college, and I thought, what is the secret? What, what do they have? And that's a good question. I don't know if any of you have thought about that. But I have some theories about what I think it actually is. So I think it says right here, it says, to you has been given the secret. And he says, those outside don't really understand it, but you guys got it. Because I think they pressed in and they asked Jesus what was going on. They asked him the questions to be able to find out more. Because then Jesus comes and he actually explains what's going on. So I don't think this story, it sounds a little bit harsh at the end, right? Like, don't we want everyone to be forgiven, right? It's like, what? How come they don't get it? But I think this is just the reality of life. I don't think it's, like, necessarily a case for predestination. I think it's just the fact that some people get it, and some people don't, and we can choose. And I think actually this is an invitation for us to choose in, just like this group did. So these folks, they got the key to the door to open things. So then Jesus goes on and he explains what's going on in verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? So right, the key to all the parables. The sower sows the word, so God's word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So Jesus is starting to explain it. He's trying to put all the pieces together. So the sower sows the word. So we know that that's what it's all about. And then he goes on to explain there's these different kinds of soils, and he's going to share four different kinds of soils. And I think the soils are actually like the posture of our hearts. And truthfully, I don't know if our heart always stays the same soil all of our lives. I think it could change. And so I want to invite you, as you hear these, I'm going to share some stories of what some of these kinds of soils might look like in our lives, and I want you to think about what kind of soil are you, and maybe when have you been good soil, and maybe when have you not been so good, and what are the things that get in the way of that? So this first kind of soil is sown on the path and i think this is kind of like the story that we just were talking about right there's this whole crowd and they hear this great story and they're like oh that was great and they kind of go on with life as usual right and how many times is that true we go to church we go hear a word from god and we're like oh that was nice not real sure how that applies to my life and a lot of times it's very innocent right because We're so distracted, our world is so crazy, right? We have so many things coming at us all the time, so many distractions. And I know I'm a good listener if I'm not distracted, but when I'm distracted, I'm a horrible listener. Some of you know this about me. Um, But we have so many distractions in our world, right? You've got your cell phone with you all the time, which has your music, you know, you got your music in, and then you got your text messages and your emails, and you got, you know, people calling you, you've got your teacher and the assignments that you have to get done and your work and, you know, you just, a million things, advertisements, TV, everything, like all this stuff is coming at us all the time. And then we're going a million miles a minute, right? Because we have so many things to get done and so many things to respond to. All to the point where we don't even hear God's voice anymore. So Carl Jung is this famous psychologist and he said this really interesting quote. He said, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. And so sometimes Satan steals the word in things like hurry and distractions in our lives. And the truth is, is it's actually really dangerous, right? Because we lose out on that seed that God could use in our lives. And so one thing I want to invite you on this, if this is where you resonate, and I think we all do at different points, is maybe we need to slow down and stop in our days. And I know that's hard to say in this time of the year, but like we have to, or we're just going to be running like a hamster, right? (laughs) On a hamster wheel. So we need to stop and we need to tune in and say, God, what are you speaking to me today? Take time to read God's word. Take time to listen to somebody and see what God might want to say to us. So maybe that's the invitation for you. So the second soil is rocky. Uh, In verse 16 and 17, it says this. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure for only a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So I don't know if this, like comes to mind for you, but it does for me, I think about student conferences. Have you ever been to a conference? Anyone? Yeah, in this room, been to conferences or missions trips, right? A lot of you just got done with that, right? And you have this like, hi, and you're like, this is so great, you know? Like, I just got so close to God, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to change my life, right? And then you go home, and you realize life is still life, and there's all kinds of challenges. And you have your friends, and you have your family, and you have other voices that are speaking into your lives. And so I think sometimes trouble and persecution comes in very tame ways, in very subtle ways. A lot of us are not going to lose our life for something we choose to say yes to God about. But... Maybe our parents or maybe our friends are like, what? No. You know, why would you do that, right? And so for me, I remember going to this uh, big conference called Urbana. It's coming up next year. It's a missions conference for students all over the country. And I remember going my senior year, and I was like, yes, I want to go on a short-term missions trip. And that's what I felt like God was really calling me to do. And then I went home. And I was invited to go to Cairo, Egypt for the summer and do a service project there and serve. Um, But when I shared the idea with my parents, they're Christians and they love God, but I'm their daughter, right? And they were afraid. And it was actually not that long after 9-11, so there were some things going on in our world, so it wasn't the best place to probably go. But I really felt like that's what God wanted me to do and where he wanted me to go. But initially, there was a lot of resistance, and there were some other things I had to deal with to actually do that. And so I could have given up at that point, but I did did say, like, I think I need to do this. And my parents actually got on board, um, and they let me go, and so that was really good. And what's actually interesting is my parents, like a couple years later, ended up going to India for the first time in their life. So they'd never gone overseas, and so their whole mindset had changed even from that. And so I think maybe that was a little part of that. Um, But it also, for me, if I hadn't taken that trip, I don't know if I would be standing in front of you guys today. So when I went on that trip, I grew a heart for the world, and I came back and I started hanging out with students from all over the world, international students, and I had a Bible study, and I was like, I love this. This is so awesome. I get to, like, look at who Jesus is with college students, and it was amazing. And so I decided to go on staff with InterVarsity. So sometimes those things can be big steps in the right direction, but we can miss them if we give in to other things. So... um, I also think though it's not just those big decisions, it's a lot of little decisions. It's a whole like life of decisions. And what we choose to do every day is what really matters. And so this third soil is kind of a picture of that. So the thorny soil in verse 18 and 19 it says this. And others were sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word and it yields nothing. So I think that this soil is one of the most deceptive because it's like we all feel these temptations, right? Like the cares of the world, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, right? Like it's so easy for those things to come in. So, right, like we all kind of want security, we want success, we want love, we want money and all those things. And none of those are bad in and of themselves, but it's so, so easy for them to become the focus, right? Like, um, and then finally, and, and we find ourselves going down a totally different path and saying no to a lot of things that maybe God would want for us because of those things. And so for me, I feel like I face this temptation like the most, right? Like, and that makes sense. Like, I think this is kind of the one that's, that comes close to home for a lot of us. So when I first decided to come on staff, um, that was when it really hit me. So, like, I had just graduated, and... I found out I had to raise money for my job, so I don't get paid by a church, but I get paid by like people who decide to support my ministry like a missionary. And so like for six months I had to live at home, which is kind of embarrassing when you just graduated college, right, you're like, okay, I should be over this. And I had to ask people for money, which was very awkward. Um, And my mom was like, come on, can't you just get like a paid teaching job, that's what your degree was in, you know, you wouldn't have to ask people for money. But I felt like this was what God had called me to. And so uh, I did ask people, and they said yes. And eventually, I came on staff. And when I moved, though, I remember like it was really hard. So I moved to this town where I didn't know anyone. And I didn't have money to even like, buy groceries much. Like, I was just kind of living like on very minimal. And my car got wrecked that year. Um, and then I had all these friends who were doing, like, really professional jobs where they had money and resources and everything. And on top of all that, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I felt like a failure most of the time in ministry. And so in all this, I was just like, God, what am I doing? Is this worth it? You know, was I, am I a failure at life? Um, and it was a hard place to be, and I wanted to give up. But in that... God did meet me and he did speak to me and he actually provided. He brought checks for my groceries and bags of groceries and a new, like not a new car, but a used car that someone gave me and all kinds of other things. And I saw God be faithful to me, even in those dark places that were hard to say yes. And today, honestly, I don't think I'm totally over that. Every once in a while I get on Facebook and I think, I kinda want that life that my friend has, you know? But I also see the fruit of my life and the ways that God has used that. So God's like, okay, will you say yes today to me? Even though it means a little bit of sacrifice. And the truth is, I get some really amazing things. I got to be with you guys and hang out with you. And I got to see people's lives change. Hundreds of students since I've come on staff that I've gotten to see their lives change. So that's amazing. So the good soil is the next one and last one. Verse 20, it says, and these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Um, so Jesus saw a lot of different responses, but for the ones that like really did it, they like really bore some fruit, right? And the, God's word is like that. It's like that seed that like has all this potential. I don't think we really realize how much potential God's word has, but it does. And when it's planted in our lives and we let it like do something in there, it, make, it brings fruit. And so I like to think about um, good disciples like this. There's this chart up here. Um, so good disciples, fruitful disciples, are people who hear God's word, they respond actively, and they interpret what God is teaching them through those experiences. And so I think, again, we put ourselves in a place where we can hear God's word, and I think the most reliable place is the scripture. I think we don't realize how much power there is and how much God can shape us through the scripture because we are not like God yet, right? We are very far from that and God's values and God's way of thinking and everything is very different. And so when we're in scripture, we get exposed to his way of thinking and living and then he shapes us. And when we respond actively, that's where we put our life in line with that and we actually start doing things that maybe are risky or they require faith or they're difficult. And then interpret is where we learn from those things. So like when you're on a missions trip and you talk about like what what is going on and what's happening and we learn from it, right? Because like loving your neighbor is honestly pretty hard and I would give up and stop doing it if I just like left it at that. But maybe God has something deeper he wants to do in me as I reflect on that. So I have a really beautiful story of just one example of how um, I've seen this work out with a student um, in college. So actually, this is last week, there's this girl named Faith, and she came to a dinner I had with some folks, and she said I could share this story. Um, But Faith was a really introverted freshman, I remember, and I couldn't even hardly hold a conversation with her, I remember. Um, but she was one of these people who said yes to God over and over again. And at first she was like really into, she's like I'm a music student and this is my life and this is my focus and I don't have time for Bible study but people were persistent and they kept asking her to come to the Bible study in the music department. And she saw people who looked like Jesus and act like Jesus and worshiped through their music and loved people rather than competed. And she grew to love Jesus. And then the next semester, she kept saying yes. So she came into this uh, deep Bible study, and she would, like, every week, she would come back with something that she had applied from the Bible study the time before. And she would do crazy things. As an introvert, she would go up to people in her department, and she would, like, ask them about their spiritual backgrounds, and she would share about Jesus, invite them to know more about him. And she saw people come closer to Jesus through that. But it was totally outside of her comfort zone. Then she decided to be a leader, and then she was, like, wrestling, with, how do I, like, be a music student and do this? And she didn't quite know how to do that, and then God just shaped her, and he's, like, you got to put me at the center of it all, and then everything else will work out. And so she started to put Jesus at the center and to love others and love him first and then serve God through her music as well. And then finally, she was going to, I invited her to go to Ethiopia, and she was, like, What? I don't think so, no. So we had this missions trip, and she's like, no, my parents, it's not safe. I have to fundraise. There's all these things. And she was like, no, 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 no. And then I said, well, just pray about it, you know. That's what we say as staff when we, you know, we figure God will work it out with you. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> so then she prayed about it, and God said, yeah, you need to go. And it ended up being, like, life-altering for her. So she had pretty normal dreams I think before that, but then she served teaching music to kids in an orphanage in Ethiopia. And when she came back, she was like, I wanna serve God in that way in the US. Like I wanna serve cross-culturally in an unresourced areas or under-resourced areas. So right now she's serving five miles from the border of Mexico, teaching music to kids, where in that town, in order to even get into it, you have to go through border patrol. Like that's her experience there. And she says, it's hard, it's really, really hard, but I know God has called me to this place. And then she has like these crazy dreams of like more things, of going into other cities and places and seeing what God could do with her. And she's just this person who just over and over again, every step of the way, she said, yes, 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 even though it was costly. And so Jesus has this encouragement as he ends this parable in verse 21. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a bushel basket or under the bed and not on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For to those who have, more will be given. And from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. So I don't think Jesus is talking about material possessions here. Some people might see it that way. But I think he's giving us a warning and a promise for how we um, learn and how we engage with him. So he's building on what he just talked about. That when we pay attention and use what God tells us, he will give us even more. And we go on this trajectory of saying yes, 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 and he makes us into really good soil. But if we don't use it, we lose it. And so I invite you to choose what kind of soil do you want to be? You have a choice every moment of every day, and God is really gracious with us to make that choice. Um, And we can grow to become good soil over our lives. And God could do amazing, beautiful things through us. And so, um, yeah, I invite you to hear the word, accept it, and let it bear fruit in your life more than you could imagine. So God, we thank you for this word, for teaching us how to listen, and we pray that this would go deep into our hearts and, and bear fruit. God, that we, be, we become good disciples, fruitful disciples. And uh, so would you change us into those kind of people? Would you help us to say yes to you and no to the other things that might take us away from you? So help us to hear you tonight. I pray this in your name, amen. Um, as they're playing music, I just want to invite you guys. That's kind of, it's hard to like change, right? Um, and so the prayer ministry team or prayer team, they're going to be around and just be available for people who just want some prayer over some of these things. If you're like, I want to be that kind of way, I want to be that kind of a disciple, um, but I don't know quite how, and I need God's help. Because we do. Um, So just go and talk to them if you feel led.